0: Happy Friday to you. Thanks so much for kicking off your almost weekend with us here at the Speaking for Him podcast. I'm Adam McNutt, alongside the host of the program, Mr. Andrew Gommerson.
1: Hello, Adam. It's good to be with you. And as I said before, we are doing a slight focus on character qualities of the Christian life this year. And today we're going to talk about joy. And before we get too far into our conversation, let's go to Adam for a quote of the day
0: right on the chalkboard here and I'll say it out loud too it says our quote of the day when i dwell on the goodness god has expressed towards me my heart rises up like an artesian well my eyes gush forth joy that waters my face and leaves the observer in
1: wonder that is from gary emerald all right and bravo on the attempt on the last name because i have no idea <laughs> how that's actually pronounced But, Gary, if you ever happen to find this podcast, we apologize in advance if it is wrong. (laughs) If you're wrong, you'll get a prize. But that is just an aside. And now, getting back into our discussion, I want to talk, first of all, about the differences between happiness and joy. I think a lot of times we get this kind of mixed up. We kind of think that they're synonyms, and I don't think they quite are. Mm -hmm. They are related. And I think joy can lead to happiness, and joyful people are definitely happier than non-joyful people. But joy is a little bit deeper than happiness. Because happiness tends to be directly dependent on outside circumstances. If you're going to eat your favorite food tonight, um, if it's your birthday, or if it's some other happy occasion, then you um, will be happy, most likely, and everybody around you will know that you're happy. Um, When it comes to joy, though, sometimes joy can be had in spite of sorrow. A Christian, for example, can be joyful at the death of a loved one, knowing that they will see them again. It doesn't mean they will have a smile on their face. It doesn't mean they'll be jumping up and down with happiness. And they may even cry a lot in the, the weeks and days following. But their ultimate demeanor will be one that says, God knows best and he chose to take this person and I have hope for it. God says for us to sorrow not as those who have no hope. He doesn't say for us not to sorrow. So I think the, the primary difference is that joy can be consistent no matter what your outside circumstances are. And happiness is more dependent on your outside circumstances. So sometimes these things work hand in hand, other times not so close. But I just wanted to uh, clarify that as we get started. And now let's look at some aspects of joy. If we trust God, we should be joyful. Psalm five eleven says, But let all those who put their trust in thee rejoice. Let them ever shout for joy because thou defendest them. Let them also that love thy name be joyful in thee. So if we trust God, there needs to be a joy and a peace about us that other people don't have. You know, Jesus said in this world um is tribulation. But be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. And then he says, I will give you a peace that passes understanding. You know, we we can't predict the future. We don't know what's going to happen. Um I still remember back in the early days of this podcast, we did a podcast about suffering, and then I had a friend uh, a, fam- a family that's friends of mine go through some immense tragedy uh, shortly after I recorded that podcast. And I remember thinking at the time, you never know how applicable some of your teachings or your podcasts or whatever it is you're doing is going to be to your direct future circumstances. God prepares us in advance. And so it's just kind of interesting the way he works. But with this, he's saying, if we trust God, we should be joyful. So if you don't feel like joy is there, if you don't have joy in what you're going through or in spite of what you're going through, then you need to check your relationship with God. My dad said there was a poster. I think it might have even been in his public high school, which you probably wouldn't be allowed today. But it said this. It said, do you feel far away from God? Guess who moved? God, <laughs> God is always there. Mm-hmm. But if we choose to move away, he's not going to chase us. Well, he He might to a certain extent. But there's an extent to which if we've moved away from him, we have to choose to move back in order to have the joy of our fellowship restored. Um, the. And then another passage along those lines is it says thou wilt show me the path of life in thy presence is fullness of joy at thy right hand are pleasures forevermore and again um, just saying that if we take the time to spend time in uh, in God's presence we will be rewarded with joy and again joy is is more of an actual um, result of life, not just an emotion which quickly fades. Um, Paul wrote about joy when he was in a jail. (laughs) And they weren't nice jails like the ones that I see when I go into the jail on a monthly basis with one roommate with running water with three squares a day. They were dungeons in which he was imprisoned and chained to guards, usually on both sides. At least that was the tradition of the day. So, you know, if he can talk about joy in the jail, what does that say about us? Yeah. Do you have any thoughts, Adam?
0: Speaking of joy, I think a big part of it is um, acceptance. When, When we can come to that fact to say, Okay, God, um, you know, I, I have dreams and, and standards and all this stuff, but when we can come to acceptance of what God allows in our life and what's actually happening, a lot of times when we truly just accept that, that joy comes through. It's, it's kind of like um, you're, you're releasing all that stress on you that you're trying to keep going and you know, you're trying to get your, your dreams going and your plan and your plan. And then it's like, okay, you know, I'm just going to give it to Him. And do what he's called me to do. And as scary as that is, or as much as we want to fight that, it seems like there's there's a joy, uh, an odd joy that comes from that. So the word acceptance, just wanted to kind of throw that in the uh, word hat tonight during the podcast. That seems like a, a big part of it.
1: All right. And then uh, we will have joy if we do God's will. To me, this is a big one because we often want to do our thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't like what often what god seems to be saying to us i remember especially early on in my christian journey really just struggling with the way god made me and being like god i know you're not supposed to make mistakes but i think you made at least one major one because you put me in this wheelchair and so i can't serve you the way i want to and it took a nine-year journey but he finally was able to say You know, I don't need to chain you on the outside. I just need to chain you on the inside. And then you allow me to do the work uh, in you. And you abide in my will, and then you will find joy. And again, it's not about happiness. Because do I wake up every day raring and ready to go um, for the day? Um, Not every day. I will say that on podcast recording days, I have a little bit more zipping my steps, so to speak, because I really love being here. I love recording in the studio. I love doing this radio stuff. So that really motivates me to go through my days. But not every day is like that. And especially with the winter in in full force at this point um, in the way we're doing things, uh, it can be long. I mean, I, I've told Adam many times before that time seems to really crawl during these winter months. <laughs> yes. And it's and it's a big challenge to me to stay strong in my faith and to persevere physically as well as spiritually through this time. But but here and here's what um here's what God says about those that do as well. His Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of thy Lord. And I think it's pretty significant because sometimes the things that I'm doing don't seem to be that significant. Maybe I'm not getting as many listens to this podcast as I wish I did. Maybe not as many people are, are making my phone ring with requests to come and speak. But when I do get um, an opportunity to hear from somebody that's been impacted by what we're doing here, that makes it all worth it. And I also know that there will be people that are impacted that never contact me. And there are things that I want. There are goals that I've set um, as far as broadcasting and in other areas of my life. But I know that if I'm not being faithful to the door that God has for me, then he can't open another door. So if I want um, him to give me bigger things, I need to be faithful in the small things. So, and just like this guy, I want to hear, "Well done, thou good and faithful servant." And so that's my goal and my aspiration as we continue to bring you the Speaking for Him podcast. And then here's another challenging one: we should take joy in persecution. This is a tough one for me too. <laughs> like, yeah, I a lot of times I'll check my um, Facebook. I think I mentioned this before, and make sure that I don't post anything too offensive. And again, we shouldn't be offensive for offensive's sake, but this is what Jesus says about being persecuted for him. He says, Blessed are you when men shall hate you, and when they shall separate you from their company, and shall reproach you, and cast out your name as evil for the Son of Man's sake. Rejoice ye in that day, and leap for joy." For behold, your reward is great in heaven. For in like manner did their fathers unto the prophets. Luke 6:22 to 23 And I know that if somebody uh, comments something derogatory about something that I um, post on Facebook, especially in regards to my Christian faith, my first inclination is to fire back and to tell them how or to want to tell them how their common is so bad. But this passage here is telling me to rejoice, to be glad if people think that my positions or what I am uh, preaching is evil. Because that means I'm doing the same thing that Jesus did. There were so many times through Jesus' ministry where they wanted to stone him. There was one time where they tried to throw him off a cliff. And most of the time when they tried to do that, there was a little phrase in the Bible that came up over and over again. His time had not yet come. And even when they went to take him in the garden to arrest him, to try him, to put him to death, they still couldn't take them of their own accord. Because when he said, I am he which in effect he was saying, I am, and invoking the name of God from Exodus chapter 3, they fell backward. They couldn't stand up under his power. But his time had come, so he surrendered his power to them, in much the same way as he surrendered his power to become human, and he allowed himself to be beaten, to be misused, to be lied about, And for the most part, he answered not a word. The only question he answered was, they said, are you the Son of God? And he said, I am. And then they killed him for it. And they mocked him. And they said, if you be the Christ, come down from that cross. But if he had come down from that cross, you and I would not have the opportunity to be saved today. And so I'm glad that he didn't. And I need to remember as we all do, if we want to live a solid Christian life, that if we are reproached for his kingdom, we can be blessed, and he will reward us if not here in heaven. Now we need to be careful that we're not we're not thinking that we 're reproached for his sake, but we're actually being reproached because we 're a jerk because I, <laughs> I know that can happen too where where we kind of think. Oh, uh, this is wrong, and I'm going to tell you it's wrong, and I'm going to tell you it's wrong in the most rude way possible when I'm supposed to be showing you the love of Christ. Mm-hmm. And I know there's a line, and it's a thin line, and it's hard to know because I've always um, tried to be loving, and I've been labeled a hater for it because I've made certain uh, positions known, specifically my position about um, the life of the unborn and about marriage being between a man and a woman. But when you follow those positions, some people will naturally call you a hater because the Bible says that um, there are people today and there have been in every era of life who call good evil and evil good. And that's kind of where we're living today. So we need to keep that in mind. Adam, I have one more or two more points to go through. But before I do that, do you have any thoughts on what we discussed so far?
0: Good reminder about the finding joy in persecution because it, it can be easy, especially if you have a lot of things come at you at once to kind of get in that mode of you know why is this happening and how does it how can it stop and sometimes we can get so wrapped up in trying to find a solution or trying to find a way to end the persecution that we don't realize what God may be doing in it, and that's why He's allowing it so. Keeping our eyes open to find that joy in his will and even in those persecution times, that's it's a good reminder.
1: All right. Jesus Jesus wants our joy to be full. Adam, could you read that passage from John chapter fifteen, ten to twelve?
0: It says here, if ye keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken unto you that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. This is my commandment, that ye love one another as I have loved you.
1: All right, and this one, Jesus wants us to be full of joy. Um, you know, and and I guess I'm kind of relating it back to happiness, so maybe I'm kind of guilty a little bit on this point of making the joy and happiness synonyms um, when I just went through this whole Thing earlier about how they're not mm-hmm. but I do think there should be happiness attached with joy and sometimes I see Christians who are supposed to have the greatest hope in the world and they have some of the most sour expressions and we should have some of the most happy peaceful expressions because of the joy that God has given us um, and and that we should have a full joy And also, part of having a full joy is having a joy that we give away, that we love one another and multiply our joy by the fact that we love each other. And um, there's another part of the passage that I don't have here, but it says, they'll know you are Christians by your love. Mm -hmm. And um, I mentioned this in a sermon not too long ago, but, but I... I fear that we are often guilty of, instead of them knowing we're Christians by our love, them knowing we're Christians by our shove. (laughs) Uh, We tend to be, at least with each other, if not with the world, confrontational, and I need to be right. But it kind of goes back to what we talked to you about earlier this year with humility, that we need to esteem others better than ourselves, we need to love one another, and then we can find the path to full joy. And then we can have joy in trials. Um, Could you read that passage there from James 1, 2 to 4?
0: Absolutely. My brethren, count it all joy when ye fall into divers temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing.
1: All right, and this is a big lesson that I've learned in my life as well. Um, you know, I talked about some of my struggles with my disability and I, um, struggle with physical pain a lot of time, uh, not severe, but enough to be annoying at least. Um, and particularly it's a struggle to keep my feet warm during the winter. It's one of the reasons why I don't like, um, the winter. Mm. And of course my feet are such that you would never want to see them in flip flops, but that's another discussion altogether. (laughs) But the point being that we all face trials and I face some physical ones on a day-to-day basis that might be a little bit more acute than some of you. I know there are other people out there that are probably facing more acute physical trials than I am. But the point is that God is saying we can have joy in that too. Um, knowing that God has a plan, knowing that when we, our faith is tried, we learn patience, you know. So one of the worst prayers, actually, is one of the best prayers. What we often say from a human perspective, one of the worst prayers to pray is, "Lord, give me patience now," <laughs> <laughs> because God doesn't give you patience. He he would rather give you opportunities to be patient. Which means, if you ask for patience, don't be surprised if you're waiting around a little bit longer. Yeah, because he wants to give you the opportunity for practical on-the-job training. <laughs> he doesn't. He doesn't um, just dish it out like a vending machine. He gives us practical tests and continues to work with us until we are more and more conformed to the image of his son. And then he says, let patience have our perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Now, this is convicting (laughs) because I'm not perfect. But I know that one day I will be perfect. And that my expert, my uh, my goal should be to strive for perfection while I'm here on earth. Not to earn my salvation. My salvation has already been paid for. But because Jesus said, be perfect as I am perfect. So, it's something that we need help with. We need the Holy Spirit to intercede for us. But even in our trials, even in the hard things, we can have joy. And I can attest to you that I've been through some dark times and I've been through some good times. One of the biggest things I've learned in living with my disability is with every life circumstance, we can choose to let it make us better or we can choose to let it make us bitter. For a while, I was letting my life circumstances make me bitter. And now my goal is to Allow God to use my life circumstances to make my life better. And so that is my prayer for you in the listening audience as well. Adam, before we close it out, do you have any final thoughts?
0: Just seek out the joy in situations too. You know, sometimes it can it can be so easy to kind of try and do as you feel kind of thing. And you may be like, well, I don't feel joy going through this stuff. Or, you know, winter's going on and it's cold and I... I it doesn't look joyful outside with no leaves and 500 feet of snow and everything going on. But looking for the joy in the situations and asking for God's help to do so, he'll he'll guide you to it. And that's your personal experience, too, just asking for that eyes to see for those joys in the situation.
1: All right. Well, thank you, Adam, for those observations. We Again, we really appreciate having you as a weekly listener. If you've just discovered us, make sure that you contact us and let us know you're listening with the contact information that is going to roll in uh, about a minute and but and that but that's all we have for today i just want to say to you thanks again for listening and as always keep serving the best of masters
0: thank you for listening to today's episode your host has been andrew gomison founder of speaking for him alongside his co-host and executive producer Adam McNutt. For more information on today's show and to leave us comments and voicemails, visit speakingforhim.blogspot.com. You can find Andrew's ministry at speakingforhim.com. That's speaking, the number four, H-I-M. You can also interact with us at facebook.com speakingforhim and on Twitter at speakingforhim. And when you look for us on iTunes and Stitcher, let us know what you think of the podcast by leaving a rating and review.